everyone, my name is Isabella Isadoro and this is Isavision. Thank you so much for being here. I had the pleasure of interviewing Mame Amoy Jenkwa. She is a Ghanaian American. She was born in the United States, went to Ghana. She grew up there and ended up coming back to the United States to pursue higher education. And in today's interview, we talk about how being Ghanaian American impacted her life choices, her passions in life, and particularly her mission with medicine. It was a really insightful and inspiring interview, and I'm so excited to see what she does next. You'll notice that in the interview, she mentions that she's a research assistant. That's actually not the case anymore. She's currently a medical student over at Wake Forest. So please stay tuned for future Dr. Mame Amoy Jenkwa. Hi everyone, my name is Mame Amoy Jenkwa. I met Isabella in Massachusetts um, a couple of years ago. Um, at UMass. Um, currently, I am a research technologist at Johns Hopkins University. Um, I work in neuroscience. I'm in the research world, and I'm preparing to start med school. Awesome. And I know you mentioned neuroscience, but what are you like interested in? What's your passion or, I guess, medicine since you're going into that? So like, why medicine, even though everybody hates that question? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think for me, the biggest thing is community engagement. So I really love talking. And I think it's funny, but I think talking started at my passion in medicine. So my goal in medicine is essentially to bring medicine into the community. Um, so that's that's where my passion is. Just I want to do something like Baba Doctors. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but it's a thing in Florida where doctors would go into barbershops and like talk to people about medicine so that's kind of what my goal is that's how I envision my career in medicine being just essentially being in the community awesome that's that's a great goal I think that's that's a great mission and you know let's take it back a couple years just a couple years where were you born tell us about where you're from where your family's from Mm -hmm. where you were raised what your community was like please yeah as much as you want so, oh my God. so initially I was actually, all right. So I was born in Ohio, um, in Columbus, um, but I actually grew up in Ghana. So I was born in Ohio. I actually didn't live in Ohio at all. I have no recollection of it other than the fact that I was born there. Um, I grew up in Ghana. I grew up in Kumase. So Ghana has um, like 10 regions or you can call it like states if you'd like. Um, at the time, now they have 16. I don't know how that works. But but at the time when I lived there, so I grew up in Ghana. And the community, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's very different. It's um, very intrusive if you'd like um everyone's in your business um everyone's asking about you you don't really get a lot of privacy um yeah did I miss anything yeah so would you say it was like a small town vibe or was it a big city but people were still involved it was a big city I did not grow up and it wasn't a small town but people were still definitely like involved in like all that I was doing for sure yeah and I, and I know you're Christian because I know we, we've talked about this before. Did you grow up in a Christian community? Um, was church a really big part of your life? Yeah. Um, so 
so I would say like Ghana is a pretty religious um, country. Um, everyone is affiliated to something. Um, it's very hard to find people who are like completely atheist. Um, but church was definitely a big part of my life. Um, I grew up Christian. My parents, you know, went to the church. They took me to the church when I was younger. And and church was definitely part of the people that were very intrusive in your business. Um, <laughs> in fact, actually, just before I hopped on this call, one of the pastors that I was essentially like born into the church just called me it's gonna ask me how things are going and move and I've not talked to him in like 19 years or so so that's just how intrusive people are but it's, it's really beautiful just to see how people care and like are invested in your life mm-hmm. and from what and from what I'm hearing in my understanding I bet that your story is gonna get back there they're gonna use it as a testimony Be like oh you know that's here. right <laughs> look how God has worked in her life which is true yes I'm really curious about your high school experience. You talk so much about that on Instagram and it looked like so much fun, hard work. It seemed like you went to a pretty strict um, high school, but it looked like so much fun. Tell me more about going to high school in Ghana. Yeah, um, so I, I love telling the story. Um, I went to high school and got, I went to the best ones called Wesley Girls High School. So essentially how it works in my country. So we, we, we use like a British system. And so everyone gets up to like um, what you guys would call like middle school. And then we take a really big exam. Um, we call it the basic education certificate exam. And then there are like nine subjects on there. So you take it and then you, you get graded. Um, and so essentially you you don't get to choose where you go you get placed according to how well you score so the higher you score like the better the school you get Mm -hmm. to go and not like you don't get to choose I mean you get to pick like six schools and Mm -hmm. then they get to place you at one of them based on how well you score so obviously Wesley Girls for me was like a dream school like I always wanted to go there it's like where all the best girl students went oh another thing is like this not a lot of there is co-ed education but most of the good schools are single ed so you have a lot of boys schools and girls schools so I was really excited about it um and and I got in what's different about going to high school in Ghana is everyone so we we have no hair we cut our hair Mm -hmm. um and then you we all wear the same uniforms um it's like a you wear like a straight dress and then we have like special shoes that we have to wear they call them like play decks they're very like Mm -hmm. interesting funny sundials and um, essentially, there's a lot of rules and it's very regimented. Um, you'd wake up. So the first time I got there, like I'm excited. I just left home. Also, um, it was far. It was like about six hours from my home. So like you drive. School. Yes. So it's a boarding school. Um, and most of the schools were like that. So you know, my parents, my, my dad at the time drove me, left me there. And, you know, I was so excited and he left and I just started crying because I was like 14 and I just got left in the sea of girls. Um, yeah, but then the next day, like um, I, I was I was sleeping and then something goes off and I literally hear people jumping and running. I'm like, what's happening? They're like, oh, that's that's the rising bell. And like people are going to get ready. I'm like, that sounds like war. <laughs> um, but that's that's essentially how people like literally when the bell went off, you jumped off your bed and run um, because we, we share bat We share bathrooms. Um, so you got to make sure you get a good spot. Um, and the school that I went to actually kind of had um, this fun game rule thing for like juniors that um, we had to be ready in 15 minutes. So you'd wake up at 5 a.m. 
and you need to be done your bed laid, dressed, your apartment clean by 5.15 in the morning. So it was not a joke. Like everyone was all yeah. about running. I mean, the, the no hair makes sense now. You don't have even time to do your hair. You don't have no time to do your hair. No, you ain't got time to do your hair. Um, so you got to run. And and yeah, that's, that was mostly it. And then, you know, afterwards, everyone gets like a work to do around the school so some people would clean the bathrooms and people would you know clean the compound some would clean like the classrooms that we studied in and then after working um, we get to go and do like we get to go to like an assembly and my school was really interesting we would like we had this thing we called like files and so we would line up twice another thing is like religion is also really incorporated in our school so most of our schools were affiliated to churches so my school was a Methodist school so it was founded by John Wesley and some of the missionaries when they came to Ghana at the time and so you would have like your hymn book you have your hymn book and then you have um a handkerchief like a white handkerchief it has to be folded a certain way and then placed in your hymn book and then you form two files and then you walk across and you have like people who are prefects which are um what would you guys call them here I don't know kind of like lead us in the school like the responsible seniors in the school um and they would like make sure that you guys are you know fouled correctly your handkerchief is correct or your school uniform was ironed your hair wasn't unkempt you were like not wearing the wrong type of shoes all of that um and then you get to file up and then the headmistress or what you guys will call a principal Mm -hmm. would um essentially talk to you like good morning girls like how are you doing we would sing some hymns um would say a prayer and then school would start and then yeah that's that was that was basically like our morning routine yeah and you get visited by your parents like every two weeks or like once a month depending wow and you know like so obviously you came to college and you in America what how old were you when you ended up leaving Ghana um so I left Ghana when I was 18 so I graduated high school in 2017 like in May Mm -hmm. and I was about like a month later when I moved to the States I was like June 2017 ish yeah and like how did you did you always want to come back to the States to pursue higher education what did your school like support that did they really want you to go did it make Mm -hmm. you look good if you did that sort of thing yeah for sure um so actually I went to really good high school and before me it was kind of like a common thing like the really smart people I remember when I was a first year student um one of the third years so it's it's a three-year program and one of the third years had actually just gotten admission to MIT and it was like such a big talk like we were really proud of her so it was a thing um most people you know, would take the SAT and like move here. So I did, I did have goals of um, moving here. And in fact, when I was in high school, I'd tell everybody about how I'd go to Harvard and like clearly I did not go to Harvard, but um, I would tell people about how like I would, I would be going to Harvard and I always had a Harvard t-shirt on. Um, so it was, it, it is a thing and the school does support it. They would bring um, like, you know, SAT tutors or like people who helped um, others do that. But interestingly, I never took the SAT. I literally just got up and like came. But then again, it was my my mom was here, so part of my family lived in the states. So it was kind of yeah. And, and your parents helped you out by giving you that American citizenship. By exactly, that's like yes. um, the Brazilian American dream is to have your kids <laughs> here. So it, it helps everybody out when at least one person has their their papers in check. But that's right. so so. Um, and how did you decide that you wanted? 
to like pursue community college here and then you know go on to a four-year anniversary and not anniversary university um like did like I'm just curious about you know finding your path and being supported and having mentors in that um sense and how you know being a Ghanaian American how that you know helped formulate that desire yeah so I would say that like I said before, I did not think I was going to come to America and go to community college. Like I didn't know what that was and never heard about it. Everyone that I knew that had come from Ghana to the United States had gone to like an MIT or a Yale or a Harvard. So that was the only thing I knew. I knew I didn't know about any of these things. Um, so when I came, I told you, I didn't take the SAT like people mm-hmm. usually did. So when I came, I my plan was, mom, I'm going to take a year off and take the SAT and then go to Harvard. And my mom was like, who's going to let you sit at home for a whole year? Like there was a community college, like right down the road. Like we're going to go there when you get you registered. Um, so, and you know, I didn't, I didn't have much of a say in that. Like that was her decision and that's what I was going to do. So I was like, well, okay, I guess. Um, and then I, you know, matched on and I went in there and it's, it's interesting. So I live in Worcester, Massachusetts, and it's really, I think it was really helpful. There's a really huge Ghanaian community um, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, so a lot of people whose children had also come from Ghana had kind of like taking a similar path for people, you know, who didn't take the SAT. So my mom knew like either from church or like a friend who's like child did something similar and went to a four-year college. So to her, it, it made sense to do that. Um, and so I'd say that was how my path was guided into like going into community college. And it was really interesting when I went to the community college, one of the professors that was there, my chemistry professor, he was actually Ghanaian. Um, and it made all the difference in the world because like he, he ended up being the one that really guided my path and kind of like showed me what to do and how to essentially like establish booting in this like very different educational system. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and since, you know, leaving Ghana, have you gone back? Have you visited your home country? Aww. Yes, I did. So I actually went back to Ghana in December of 2019. So right before COVID mm-hmm. hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was an amazing experience. It's, it's always like great to go back. I've not been since then. So I've been to Ghana once since I came here. Um, and that was that December 2019. And it was a good experience. Yeah, that's great timing. What do you what do you miss most? oh my god so I live in Worcester Massachusetts and I think one of the things that I really really miss most was the sun like we have 88 degree 90 degree all year round um and so you know being December and going and seeing sunshine was (laughs) was definitely amazing another thing was the food like it, it's not the same. Like Worcester is great. Like you know, we you can get Ghanaian food on DoorDash, but it's still it's definitely different and not the same. And and just the people. Um, I, like I said, people are very intrusive. People are very invested in your life, and so getting to see them and everyone being like, "How are you?" Like they're really excited for you to be doing well. Even like your teachers. I know. I don't think it's not the same. Like people, they literally feel as they're part of your family, right? And so I guess like the people getting to meet them and kind of like see how everyone's doing was really nice too. Yeah, that sounds like a like a really good community. Even though intrusive has like a negative connotation. <laughs> it sounds like a two-way street though. Like they're invested in you and you're invested in them. And yes. so that's just normal. It, it, you wouldn't seem pushy. You wouldn't seem... Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to get something from them. You just genuinely want to know 
how they're doing. And like, yes. I, I can imagine that with teachers, like, you know, you college, like if you don't connect with your teachers, you will never hear from them again. No, no, not at all. And I have teachers from like primary school who would like text me like, and sometimes I don't even reach back, back to them. Like I don't text them, but if they hear that I've done something that they're proud of, like they would like, oh, mommy, we're really proud of you. We just saw this. And I'm like, oh, I feel so bad because I didn't even like wish you happy Mother's Day or like Merry Christmas, yeah. but like they're still gonna like reach out. And yeah, so it's a beautiful thing actually. That's very sweet. Um, from what I'm hearing, um, Ghanaian people are very like, um, you know, community based. Like, and that it makes sense why you like community. Yeah, it's all tying it together in my brain. Um, yeah. But what else would you um, do? You wish people understood more, knew more about um, Ghana and your culture. Ooh, um, so I think what people, what I wish people knew a lot. So in the past couple years or so I think Ghana has really been in limelight um in 2019 when I went they were doing this thing called like a year of return and so there were a lot of um people like African Americans in the country um you know people who trace their roots back to Ghana and I think that's amazing um so Ghana is one of like the biggest you know sl- we have one of the biggest slave ports so we had a lot of slaves been transported Um, But I think one of the things that I really wish people knew is just how interconnected like our culture is. We have a lot of people who in Ghana would share like roots with people who are from like Cote d'Ivoire or like Togo or like literally we share the same name. Um, I think I think our culture is beautiful. One of the things I actually talked about in in my personal statement is you know, we're so, we're so hospitable and it shows even in like our feelings. So one of the things I talk about is sickle cell and, you know, in in America, when we talk about sickle cell, it's like the molecular, like form of the disease, like the cell is sickled. Um, But in my, in my language, like it literally, it translates to like pain. Um, And so when we say someone has sickle cell, if you translated it to English, it would say this person has pain and I think it just show it goes to show just how relatable and just how I don't know like more we're more on the experience side of life I think um and I think people who visited will tell you this like we're very vocal um like a lot of Guinean people are very loud um the culture that I'm from specifically we're very very colorful like we we love colors um and and a lot of things about us are really unique um like I don't know if you've ever heard the name Kojo or but you would hear a lot of Kojos because everyone born on Monday is a Kojo or like everyone born on Tuesday would be a Kwabna if you've had Ama anyone born on a Saturday is Ama anyone born on a um a Friday if it's a girl it's a Fia if it's a boy it's Kofi and so you know it, it, it just creates this shared identity like if I met someone and their name was Kojo like I knew immediately that they were from Ghana like I mean sometimes it's infiltrated because one time I had this professor at school and I was so excited because they were called Kwame and in my country Kwame is a male who was born on Saturday it turns out his father just studied Africana studies and liked the name. And it was very disappointing for me to, to find out that they were not Kenyan. But like just having that shared, even that shared identity to like anywhere around the world that I am, when I hear Kojo, I know like that's my person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that's really beautiful and maybe not exactly unique, but I think it's really unique to to my culture. Oh, definitely. I, I'm learning so much from you. And to wrap up, what what is your vision for the future? You can take that question any way you like. 
you can yeah. it for yourself, for your family, um, your home country, any way you'd like. Um, so obviously I shared part of my goal with you about what I want to do and that's in terms of what I want to do in medicine, um, essentially bringing the, bringing medicine into the community. Um, and this really goes back to even like in my country as well. And I think it has like motivated kind of how my path in medicine has been, um, obviously living in this country, I know the health system is not great, but honestly, it's a lot more privileged than um, it is like back home. And part of why I wanted to do this community medicine is that like, for me, I, I felt it was one of the best ways to address some of the problems that we have like back home in my country where access to healthcare is really limited, right? And so if I'm able to empower the community to do medicine, then we don't have to rely on not having too many hospitals. And so that's part of my goal. Um, I have a project in Ghana called Matas of the Brain. And part of our goal is essentially bringing medicine into the community. And so we go into like churches and schools and we talk about medicine and prevention. Um, we talk about common things that we deal with like diabetes, which is like really prevalent in Ghana, um, hypertension. And essentially we empower like the pastors and the, the teachers to kind of talk about these things, talk about these preventions. So, because we really can't, our health system like would easily be overwhelmed. And so I feel like it's, it's one of the ways that we can addressing help um the fact that there's not a lot of access to care and then just being in the community um part of the things that my projects does is like running health screenings um and so kind of like we don't what people would call like a safety net hospital is not like a concept that we have back home and I think that's something I stole from from the Americans um just the idea of having like oh like free clinics and things like that um that's something that eventually I would be very happy to um start something similar in my country too that's awesome if there's one person who I know can do it it's you if you're doing oh my God, thank you thank you so much know, I appreciate uh, that an incoming student, I cannot wait to see what you do oh, while you're in school. Thank you. I appreciate it. Seriously. I hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. And hopefully, you never know, we could work together. Hopefully. Hey, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, and my final, final question is if there's anything you want to promote, it can be an Instagram account, a piece of artwork of your friends, your project. I know you mentioned um, anything really. Um, I, I, I want to plug my school real quick for all the pre, I don't know how many pre-meds listen to you, but then, um, yeah, I think Wake Forest is a great institution and, um, it's a very clutch program. So IL permits, please apply. Um, if you haven't, um, my friend and I made a YouTube video talking about, um, my process into getting into medical school, hair, um, hair channel is called the pre-med hub and so you can check it out um i think it has a lot of great advice for anyone in general but thank you so much for having me sabel i really appreciate it of course i'll definitely link um um that youtube in, a, in like a the website of your you know your school um but thank you so much for coming on um, of course so many people are gonna really learn and appreciate your story thank you so much for having me thank you for sharing my story of course Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you enjoyed this episode, please give this podcast five stars, leave a nice review, and follow IsaVision on Instagram at I-S-A-V-I-S-I-O-N underscore.
Thank you and have a good one. Thank you.